Did we have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, I, I have to turn my good ear towards you guys. I've got, yeah, I know, me too. I, we had, had lots to eat, family. Um, anyone here ever notice, like, as you get older, it, like your family seems to settle down a little bit? Is that with you guys too? They get a little more mellow. No, I guess not, because they're going, uh-uh, they get, <laughs> Well, ours seem, ours seem to be, but it's in a good way for us, because as uh, our family and extended family grows and matures, it's awesome to see more and more coming to saving grace knowledge of the Lord Jesus. That's the, like, awesome. Um, and also, it seems like with age, should come a little maturity, should come a little, right? We should get a little more mature a little more laid back, a little more, a little more uh, open to to what's going on in our life, and we we um, we need to be careful we don't settle though. At the same time, we're going into a time of Thanksgiving. We're going into a time where we need to thank God and be reminded of who He is in our life and what He wants. For our life and for our family, I want to talk uh, a little bit about last week. And last week we talked about a time to reflect and to forgive. And um, those listening on the on the internet, I do have some videos I'm going to pl- be playing. So you got to really kind of listen in and tune in a little bit because you won't be able to see the the faces. One day we'll put the faces on the internet, though, so that everyone can just see. Especially one. I got, I got one guy I want everyone to see. He's like, awesome. You'll see him in a minute. But last week we talked about a time to reflect and to forgive. And the scripture, Isaiah 43, 18, says this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. And last week we talked about it was a time to reflect and to forgive, and it's a a time of thanksgiving because we can look at our past, and sometimes we see things that we don't really like so much. And sometimes we see things that we embrace and that we love and we want to carry with us. It's, it's all good. But God reminds me and reminds us, this is a new day. God wants a new thing. And when that scripture in Isaiah says, don't you perceive it? All he's saying is, are you listening? Are you watching what I'm doing, what God's doing? That's all he's saying there. And so today we're going to enter into a, a season of Thanksgiving. And this is a guy I wanted you to see. <clears throat> well, I want you to see all the guys, but <laughs> this is Ronnie. I think I introduced him by name. And so I asked a few people to t- let me know, what are you thankful for? None of them were prepared. What are you thankful for? I'm eating. <laughs> the cookies that I got. <laughs> I think you can hear that okay, right? Do you hear? Okay. What are you thankful for, Ronnie? The cookie I got. That's awesome. I mean, we need to be thankful for the little things. The little things in life, don't we, Ronnie? The little things. Hi, Phyllis. Tell me, what are you thankful for? Being here. Waking up this morning, being here. 
You know, last week I mentioned every time a video stopped, there's a snapshot of that person. And that snapshot, I want to, I want to remind us again this week, is forever. Isn't it hard to grab that, that literally our life, every, every second of our life is a snapshot to God for eternity. Our comments, the good and the bad, are forever. They're for eternal. Hey, Angel, tell us, what are you thankful for? For every day that, that God has permitted, permitted me to be alive. Just for, for being alive, and I don't say just as, you know, like being nonchalant. But God has given us life. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever really grabbed that. I mean, again, I don't want this to seem a little strange here, but you ever think about, like, life? I mean, you ever, like, I don't know, you're lying in your bed maybe as a young person or older or driving down the road or you're taking a hike or you're fishing, and and you just think about life. I mean, like, God, how did you do this? How did you do this right here? The faces, the people, the families that are represented in this room. I mean, you ever do that? Didn't work. Hi, Floyd. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for everything. Be alive. That's an amen, Floyd. I don't know what you got to do with side. everybody behind me. Hi, oh. Phyllis. What are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for knowing the Lord for a beginning. I'm thankful for being in a church that speaks the Word of God and teaches us properly. And I'm thankful that I know that my husband is home with the Lord and that he is not hurting anymore and they didn't suffer a long time. And I have peace with God about this and that also gives me great joy. Is that enough? What an awesome smile, Phyllis. Thank you for your time. What are we thankful for, and how do we how do we see God in our life? How how do we express our thanksgiving? In any given moment, if someone were to ask you, "What are you thankful for?" How would you express that? I mean, sometimes it would be you know good, sometimes maybe not so good. But the whole point is, we're walking in a season of thanksgiving. We're taking the time to take that deep breath and just say, "God, I am thankful." And you know what I'm thankful for? Your word, and for you, and for life. And today we're going to hit some on life. And, and I kind of have a little bit of a precursor. You know, we've, we've had a lot of people, if you will, that have passed at Four Corners. Great people, awesome people, people we love. And, and you know, we're going to talk about life and death today a little bit. And you might go, well, Pastor Tony, well, how does that have, does it have to do with Thanksgiving? But it has everything to do with Thanksgiving. That we are thankful for life in a person's life and our life. And we're going to look at some of that. And we're going to thank God for those he has given us and those he will give us and for those we have. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the first thing we need to look at this morning, it's through faith that we can receive God's grace. 
It's through faith. And I'm not going to break down every single segment this morning because we don't have time for that. But faith is something that even God gives us. We can't even have a revelation of who God really is without him putting that revelation within our heart. But it takes faith. It takes engaging what God is putting there. That faith or seed that he puts within our heart to be able to say, God, I want your grace. So by grace, we are saved through faith. It's not a works. It's nothing we can do. It doesn't matter how hard we try. God's grace is God's grace. So in this season of time, it's time to receive God's grace. Amen? I want to talk a little bit about this guy. See that guy right there? I used to call him Pac-Man. And and I I knew him when I wasn't a believer. Many years ago, 28 years-ish ago. And I remember he called me up, and, and I, I spoke a little bit about Pac-Man on an earlier sermon, but I wanted to kind of continue the story. And I walked into his living room, and he had a Bible, and the Bible was open to the last pages of Revelation. There were still a few pages left, and I didn't know the Bible, but I could tell because it was at the end of the book. And there was this notebook that was open all the way to the end. And it had just a couple pages left. And he had it open like this. And it was just full of writing. And there was like a little bit of writing on this page. And I said, Pac, what is that? I don't know. It drew my attention. I never read the Bible. I never went to church, actually, in my life before I got saved. Another story, another time. And Pat goes, well, that's, I'm interpreting the Bible. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I've been two years, he said, almost to this month, Two years interpreting the Bible to a, a native language. It's, he's from originally from uh, South Korea, but I, I, apparently there's a language within the language of South Korea that is a little bit unique. And he said, we, don't, we do not have the word of God in our language. Two years. And I'm just, I remember as a non-believer, I went, wow, huh. I don't know. I, I, I can say it impressed me. I, I don't know. It got my attention. God's grace. Month goes by, he calls me up. Tony, I'm, I'm closing the store. We used to do his service work, Tony's refrigeration. He said, I really need you because we're wrapping things up. You come over, tell me what things are worth. And I'm going, wow, really? What's, what's the deal? He said, I, I'm just closing up. So I went over to his house again. And on his coffee table, the same coffee table, he had a brand new notebook. And he had the Bible, and it was turned to Genesis. I know that now. I didn't know that then. But it was turned to the beginning of the Bible. And I just went, pack, what are you doing? He goes, no, come on, look at this stuff. You know, we're packing up. We're getting ready, ready to move. And I said, well, but wait, what are you doing? I said, the, the Bible's at the beginning and that you have a new notebook started. And he goes, well, he said, uh, he said, it's different now. I said, what's different now? He said, well, he said, I finished translating the Bible into our language and realized that I knew the God of the Bible, but I didn't know his son. I had no clue what he was saying. I had no clue. He's, but here's what he said. Then I had no clue. He said, and then I realized I had to start all over. And I'm going, all over? He just spent two years. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, I interpreted the entire Bible with a heart that knew God but didn't know his son. Now I know his son. It's an entirely different meaning. Isn't that like awesome? A month ago, I call him up. I find him. I finally found him. He's in Texas. He left. I didn't know none of this until a month ago. 
He left Winter Haven, Florida, moved to Texas, became a pastor. He's a pastor to this day at the, with Southern Baptist Convention, Korean Ministries. And I call him up, and, and oh, man, he goes, who is this? What are you talking about? And, he, and you know what? He didn't remember me. <laughs> and I know, and, and, you know, but the thing is, he didn't remember me, but I'm just going, yeah, I remember you had on the, on the coffee table. Yeah, I remember all that. He goes, but I don't remember talking to you. I'm so sorry. I said, well, don't be sorry. You know, I just, I, I just wanted to thank you because I, as far as I can remember, he's the very first God's grace that I received to know that his son, Jesus, was real. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's for the first time, his testimony and what he was doing in his life spoke to my heart. It just, there was a, just a little seed planted there. And I told him that and I thanked him. I said, praise God. And he goes, well, praise God. Well, he calls me up the next day, all excited. He goes, I remember you now. I'm so sorry. I didn't know who you were. He goes, he said, I remember you. He goes, but it took my wife. And, he, she, and, and I told my wife, this strange guy called and said he knew me from Winter Haven, Florida. And he's talking about Jesus and blah, blah. And, and, and she goes, who is it? No, Tony, Tony's refrigeration. And, and she goes, oh, yeah, I know Tony. He's the ice cream guy. He always eating ice cream. He goes, oh, I remember now. He's always eating ice cream. You never know. <laughs> I know that's a long story, but I'm, you never know. <laughs> what little things, right? So Pac-Man. Romans eleven six says, But if it's by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. God's grace is free. God's grace is undeserved. God's grace can't be earned. It can't be taken. You can't do enough good things. It's just God's grace. God's grace that day I walked in and Pac-Man shared a testimony with me. I had no clue what he was saying. But he touched my heart. It's God's grace. We need to receive it. We need to celebrate it. We need to give thanks for it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God's grace is sufficient. This is kind of can be sort of the hard thing. If God's grace is given and is sufficient, what do we do when it seems like it's not there? I'm just, let's put it on the table. When things are happening that seem so sad, when tragic things happen, when things happen that we just don't understand, you know, where is God's grace? And sometimes if truth were to be told, you know what I mean. But we need to give thanks. The only way to receive the grace of God is by faith and trust. If we don't have that, I want to be careful here, but it plays out. If we don't have faith and trust, we have no grace. We have no grace. Because God can't give it to a heart that doesn't believe. Colossians 2.6 says this. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, God's grace, in a sense, is taught. You know what I'm saying? God's grace isn't just an automatic Again, it's, it's by faith 
And it's, it's by faith that we can receive God's grace, our trust in him. But at the same time, once we receive that grace, once we come to a place where that revelation of the Lord Jesus is given, we have a choice to make. I didn't make a choice that day with Pac-Man to receive Christ as my Savior. I had no clue. I, just, I was just in awe that he spent two years translating the Bible and then he started all over again. But I did not at that point in time receive that. Get, it? Get what I'm saying? Okay. When we receive God's grace, how that plays out is when we play it out in Christ. We allow him to teach us. We allow his spirit to work his grace through us. Now listen to me, to us. It's not something that, that we impart to ourselves. It's not something that my, you know, my wife Trish can impart to me. I mean, I, I know I'm belaboring this maybe a little bit, but it's very important to get this. God's grace is given to us. And once it's given to us, it's our choice whether we grow in it or not. Even then. To be rooted and built up and established in our faith. Psalm 136.1 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures. How long? Forever. That's a long time. Let's look at God's mercy. God's grace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's look at God's mercy. His mercy endures forever. I asked you guys a question. I said, who here has ever been on an international mission trip? And I I think I had about four hands go up is all. I mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying only about four hands. And and so I I thought it appropriate just for me to share a little bit of who I am. Because that's given testimony. So I don't have a problem doing that. But I do. Where, Where do I come from sometimes? When, 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 for a lack of a better way to say it, this is all to the glory of God. Why does it seem like I'm so passionate sometimes? It's not because of me. It's because God working his grace out in me. And, and, and this is a big impact. Going to Nicaragua and seeing just how most, the majority there live. Kind of wakes you up to God's grace a little bit and his mercy. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? You can show pictures. I'm telling you, it's not the same. It, it, you can show pictures of the panhandle to have a current, a very current illustration. But, but go there if you really want to know what it's like. And if, you, if you've never been to a place like Nicaragua, that's what it's like. I mean, it, a lot of it, the majority of it's ghetto. I mean, I, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I, I'm I'm serious. We went there and built some homes, and this home happens to be a home uh, in an area, Barrio, that has 10,000 people in a half square mile. You don't believe me? Just look it up. There's many like that in Nicaragua. 10,000 people in a half square mile. Most of them live with uh, tree branches and, and visqueen. This is a luxury right here. A home like this being built is is like a mansion. Now, why am I talking about this? Again, just to kind of put it into proper perspective. Not, not for guilt. God's grace and mercy, has you have no place for that. 
But it's just to help maybe put being thankful in proper perspective. And so we go there and we build these homes. And and the homes that were built are going to be later for families uh, that that have some need. I mean, they all have need. But it might be something where someone's ill or, or you know, they're so sick, they, they just have to have cover. They have to have some way of protection. This little guy right here talking about God's mercy. I mean, I wish you could see his expression a little clearer. I didn't realize that wouldn't show up very clear. But that little guy was always there working his little heart out. And he just never complained. He never said a, a bad word. I mean, look at the size of that board. I kid you not, man. That kid's a brute. That kid had God's grace and mercy in his life. And you know what? You could, ne- you could not, not that you want to, but you could not tell him he did not have a future. Because his future went ahead of that smile right there. I'm telling you, he had a future. One day he'll be building Nicaragua, I think. I don't know. What an awesome young man or child. This says, Martin Luther King quote, it says, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. And, and the thing is, is this is a garbage dump, and you probably can't see the vultures right there, but this is reality in these barrios where a lot of families that go to the garbage dumps, they got to get there before the night falls because the government comes in and burns the trash so that people don't get diseases from the food and stuff. This is a family that we actually, they originally only had this little area in the back. Now that little area is tin, but it's, it's, uh, it's wood. It's just tree limbs nailed it. And then we built this for them. So that entire family, the mom, the daughter, and her, her children, not, now they have a luxury condo. <laughs> for real, man. Oh my gosh. To see how thankful they were. I don't know. I, you'd have to be there. You, you just would have to be there. God's mercy. I have a question. I think a lot of people ask this question. If God is so merciful, why has he allowed these people to have so little? Fair question. I think, I mean... I'm going somewhere with this. Here's my question. Sincerely, the best I can express this to you. As I'm writing this down, as I'm praying for this sermon, I, I ask that question. That's why it's there. But then I ask this question. If God is so merciful, why has he allowed us to have so much? So much takes us so far from God sometimes. So little can bring us so near to God sometimes. In God's mercy, he knows every single person in this room, including myself and my family. He knows what he's given us. He knows what he's, where he's chosen us to live and where he, chose, where he has chosen us to be. And let us be thankful. It doesn't mean we're any thankful for those... Man, I, I could show you a thousand pictures and most of them of smiling children. As we have, but I'm telling you what, they still have God's grace and mercy. They're still smiling. Hallelujah. And growing close to the Lord. You can't get much closer 
Amen. Psalms 50.23 says this. The one who offers thanksgiving glorifies me. So we talked about God's grace, faith. Talked about God's mercy. Be thankful. You want to know how to receive God's mercy? Just be thankful from your heart. And God's mercy will pour into your life. Thank you, Jesus. For real. I want to talk about God's provision. These three things this morning. God's grace, God's mercy, and God's provision. John 12, 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. This is the part that I kind of had a real little prerequisite for. Isn't it crazy the way God has designed things? That something must die in order to bear more fruit? It, I mean, you know, again, see, I don't know if I lay awake at night thinking of these things. And, you know, I, <laughs> some of you are shaking your head. I'm glad because you know, you're making me feel a little better. I mean, think about this stuff. A seed that must die, literally, in order to bear much fruit. And if it doesn't die, we'd have no fruit. And the saints here, even at Four Corners, Four CBC, that have passed recently. It amazes me how much fruit is bared from a life that passes. And, and, and the testimonies you hear. And, 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 and I, Phyllis, like, for example, your testimony, knowing that God has put a peace in your heart, knowing where Bob's at. Knowing, I mean, it, it's... It, it's God's grace and his mercy and and even in someone's passing that life can even be more so. Think about that. Little tree. This is a Norfolk pine. I bought one for Trish about eight years ago-ish and left it. It was $3.50 at Lowell's. Three years, we left it out on the porch. You know how big it got? How big did it get, Trish? It never grew. But it lived three years. Okay, for real. Bought three of them. And I had this idea once. I said, I don't know if it'll make it or not, but let's plant it outside. Today, those three trees that I planted... That's them. They're huge. God gave provision through the nutrients of the earth, through the, the ability for the roots to take hold and to spread. The tree still lived, but it wasn't until it was planted in a place where it could grow that it grew. We are no different. We need to give thanks. We need to receive God's grace. Know his mercy goes before us. Allow him to give provision that we might plant ourselves, that we will grow. Come on. <laughs> Why do we? We don't want to be that little thing right there. I mean, it's cute. It smells good. <laughs> we want to grow. 
So how do we do that? How do we receive and give thanks for God's provision? This is how. James 1.16 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. James 1.16 How do we receive God's provision? You ever pray, God, hey, again, just throw it out there. Let me win the lottery. You don't have to raise your hand, whatever. You ever pray that, though? Let me, if I could only win the lottery. Or God, if you only would heal. Or God, if you'd only give. Or if I only had so much money. If I only had another job. And again, I'm not knocking this stuff down. I'm not beating this up. I prayed those things. I I have. And in all of that, God's grace and his mercy just waits. God is so good. He said, do you want provision that you think these things will give you? It's found in my word. It's through his word we get provision. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brethren. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. The greatest option I know that I believe is in the world today is that the world, the flesh, and the devil has convinced us to shut our mouth when it comes to the Word of God. Now, I don't know if that holds mainly true in the United States or whatever, but in a sense, for me right now, that's immaterial because because that's where we're at. It's where God has placed us. And the world and the flesh and the devil is stealing the provision of God that he has for those that have received his grace and mercy. It's stealing it. It's shutting the word of God. Now, the word of God will never be shut down. I mean, hey, I'm not cutting God short here. But we do have a free will. We do have choices to make. We do, right? So this has nothing to do with the power of God and the anointing of God. And God's word has everything to do with our choice to let it shut down in our life. You don't need to respond to this right now, but who here has received God's grace? By faith, you have put your trust in Christ as your Savior. Who here lives in God's mercy? That you know and are thankful for this day, regardless of what it brings to you. And then who here is ready for God's provision? Well, Tony, Pastor Tony, God's already providing. Well, amen. But I'm talking about the tree. I'm talking about those gifts and those dreams that God has put into. I know every believer in this room anyway. Every believer, every one of us that believe in Christ as our Savior, I'm telling you, there's a dream that's planted there. Maybe few will let it grow. Maybe few will pluck it and allow God God, God to pluck it and replant it that we might grow. But most don't. Most 
just lie dormant. You're still alive. I'm not saying you don't do good. But God wants to give us provision to glorify Him more. This is how we receive God's provision. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone... Say that word with me right there. Everyone. The the Bible's not a play on words. Do do you know what I mean by that? Like I read, you know, you ever, again, have you ever, but have you ever like read, you're reading the Bible and it goes, everyone. Does that mean everyone? (laughs) Is that me? (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I think that's Trish. Greg, it's you, man. That's not, I'm not everyone. You're everyone. You know, it's kind of like, again, I'm not trying to be smart here, but hear me out. No, listen, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. I'm not sure, but that seems pretty right spot on to me. There's not a lot of room for interpretation there. He's not talking about asking for what you want. He's not talking about seeking the world, and he's not saying here, he's not saying that if you knock, it'll be open in the sense of, again, um, I'm not trying to pick on the, the lottery guys. It's, it's, it seems like an example. Like, I, you know, I can knock and grab a, a lottery ticket and that'll it'll resolve all of my world's problems. You get what I'm saying? Okay. No, he's saying when you have come to a place where you have received God's grace by faith. And you're thankful for his mercy in your life that only he can give. And you desire his provision not for namesake, not because you live in Nicaragua or you live in the United States. Every bit of that in what we're talking about spiritually is immaterial. It has no room here this morning. It's about the heart. A heart that gives thanks to God for who he is. Right now. That's what it's about. God's provision. He says with that heart ask. And you will receive. Not a material thing necessarily. A spiritual thing. Seek and you will find. You take active what God has put in you and you take it and you seek him. You find him. You will. I know you will. Because he says so. Knock means be persistent. It's his time, not yours. It's not mine, right? Don't give up. Don't give up. Matthew 7, 9, 11 says, Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I mean, it's the word of God. (laughs) Right? I want us to have a time of reflection. 
You can't have a time of thanksgiving without reflection. You can't. And I want to play a video. I, I feel like this video, number one, will, will help to set the stage, keep us focused. You don't need to watch it. Close your eyes if you want. But, but listen to the words and allow the words you heard this morning and the worship that we gave this morning. Allow God to, to speak to you. Thank him for his grace, his mercy, and his provision. So a time of reflection. So we'll be, we'll be still, and then after that, we'll, we'll pray. Okay? Time of reflection. Grand earth has quaked before Moved by the sound of his voice The seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard through it all through it all my eyes are on you through it all through it all it is well through it all through it all my eyes are on you and it is well Oh 
This morning, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks for God's grace when we receive his grace by faith and give thanks for God's mercy and we receive his mercy by thanksgiving and let's give thanks for God's provision. We receive it by asking. I know all of us uh, probably don't consider ourselves, you know, really good singers maybe. And I still sing kind of good, too, because every time I sing, people turn around and look at me. I'm just saying. You know, but God hears us, no matter how we sing. He embraces who we are in him. A season and a time of Thanksgiving. If you're here this morning... And you might say, uh, you know, I've never received God's grace. I've never by faith accepted Christ to be my Savior. It really is quite foreign. I remember the day I did. I was older, much older. Like I said, I never went to church. And there's just something that happened to me. And I know it's biblical now. I know the Bible speaks to this. Because I'm just living my life, got a pretty good business going on. And the next thing I know, the word of God literally, Romans 3.23 in my case, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It just spoke to my heart. God put a seed. And it reminded me of the days of Pac-Man and the days of walking. And, and, and I used to take hikes. And he reminded me of, of, of times that I would stop and know there was a God. See, grace doesn't just come. Um, you can't just say, you know, if you're here this morning, uh, just be saved. It doesn't work that way. But by God's grace, he puts in your heart the reality that you're in need of a Savior. And God said, by my grace, I've given one. How, how do you know that to be true? Because he tells your heart there's no other way. He told my heart that day. So this morning, maybe he's revealing to you his grace, that his son, Jesus, whom, whom you have heard, died for your sin. And no matter how much the world and the flesh and the devil wants to try to convince you otherwise, you know in your heart that it's true. That's God's grace, and by his mercy, it's your choice to receive that this morning or not. It's your choice. I mean, no one can do it for you. The reality is is right before you. And in this case, the provision part would be ask. 
ask God and thank him for his grace and mercy right now. Just, God, thank you. You put in my heart that your son has paid the penalty for my sin. I know it's true. You're revealing that truth to me. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and to come into my heart. I, I receive your grace and mercy this morning. I receive the salvation that only you can give. My heart is thankful before you, even now. It's awesome. And thank them. If that's your heart, even, even before this moment, if that's your heart and you know that that's what you have done, then thank you. Thank God. Praise Him. Testify to it. In a moment, we're going to receive our offering. Put on, put on your card, your connection card. Put on there, I've received Christ as my Savior today. Or whatever the case may be. Maybe you're, you're just really thankful for something. Put it, put it on your card today, this morning. I'm thankful for. Let us agree with you and celebrate that. Maybe we can pray. There's some places you're struggling. I mean, I get it, right? Put it, put it down. Let us pray. Let us ask. We'll, we'll agree together and we'll seek God's face in it together as a body. But all in all, as we give this morning, I'm certainly reminded it's not just about the money. Man, it would be an awesome one day to get past all that. I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Again, in the Nicaragua and the United States thing. No, no, no. God, God looks through every bit of that. Isn't that awesome in and of itself? He doesn't see that. He just sees us. That's it.